So with perhaps the double exception of Adam and Eve, every single being, human being, possesses a navel, a belly button. This is because we're all born connected. Connected to our mothers by an umbilical cord. And when we are born, as you know, that cord is cut, enabling us to breathe on our own, eat on our own, sleep on our own, find life as individuals. But the navel, the belly button, is part of us forever. I have a vivid memory about all this because of that powerful moment at the birth of all three of our children. The doctor invited me, as is often the custom, to cut the umbilical cord at each birth. It's a simple snip, but it is a significant reminder that we are born connected to our mother. Belly buttons have also become kind of fashionable in these days. Lots of styles of clothes reveal more and more of our belly buttons, especially in these warmer months. And it's also a little stylish to add things to the belly button. You know, like jewelry, like tattoos. For the record, mine's covered up. For the record, mine's pretty plain. But since today is Mother's Day, it's a good day to think about that initial and important and visible connection to our mothers. For some of us, that connection conjures up memories of wonderful love, of real care, of warmth and support, conjures up fond and special memories while the physical cord is cut at birth, we have remained connected, connected to our mothers, and we celebrate their love, and we give thanks for the life they give us, a love that inspires us to love, perhaps a care that leads us to care for others in the world. We give thanks for a mother's love. For others of us, while we give thanks for our mothers, and we know our mothers give us life, relationships can be difficult. And being a mother is complicated. And a close physical connection does not always indicate um, genuine or even healthy connections always. And many of us struggle with that relationship or have issues with our mothers or have lost our mothers, maybe even recently, all of which can make this a very hard day. But all of us have belly buttons reminding us that we are born connected. Connected. Jesus had a belly button. That means many good things. Though he was Emmanuel, God with us, he was also a human being. Born of a woman, Mary, his mother. He knew the struggles of life. He knew the struggles of relationships. He knew lots about what we know about the ups and downs of life. He's one with us. We're one with him. And this is also a reminder of how connected he is to us, how he knows us. 
knows our struggles, knows our needs, connected. Our scripture today is not about belly buttons. In fact, there's no mention in the Bible of belly button. And theology books essentially ignore the word navel. (laughs) But scripture is very, very big about being connected. Very big about being connected. We are from the beginning always reminded that we are connected to God, to one another, and to the world that we live in. Life is best lived connected to God, to one another, to the world that we live in. About 600 years ago, a spiritual woman named Julian lived outside of a cathedral in Norwich, England. Julian of Norwich. 600 years ago, she wrote many things, spiritual writings that have stimulated, continue to stimulate faithful people. This is one of her prayers that remind us how well we are all connected. Mothering God, you gave me birth in the bright morning of this world. Creator, source of every breath, you are my rain, my wind, my sun. You took my form, offering me your food and light, grain for new life and grape of love, your very body for my peace. Nurturing me in arms of patience, hold me close so that in faith I root and grow until I flower, until I know. Julian of Norwich knows, knew, helps us know how life is connected to God. Connected is how we best live. And today's scripture is about connected to God. There may be no better or familiar passage in all of Scripture. Listen now as if you're hearing it for the first time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of the Lord. We live in a fast-paced world. We live in a fast-paced world with smartphones and emails, concrete roads everywhere, strong buildings surrounding us here downtown. We live in a world of busy lives on a very crowded planet. We live in a world with complicated problems and critical issues facing the whole world. And yet in one sentence, in one sentence from Psalm 23, we are transported to a Palestinian hillside a half a world away and 3,000 years ago. And those words have affirmed and been spoken across all those miles and 
all those centuries to celebrate how deeply and how importantly we are connected to God. Psalm 23 is so familiar, such a favorite of all time, mostly because those brief words affirm that God is good and God is present, that life is good and beautiful and filled with love. But that's not all it says. And it's not just hopeful words. It's not just Pollyanna religious talk. In the exact center of this psalm about the shepherd and God's presence and God's care, we are introduced to the shadow. The shadow represents all the real life stuff that threatens us and attempts to blot out the good, the merciful, the beautiful presence and care of the shepherd God. Right in verse 4, we read, even though I walk through the darkest valley and other translations say the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Our lives are lived in both the company of the shepherd and the shadow. And through it all, our connectedness to God is what matters. Our connectedness to God may be the only thing that really matters. As we move through life, we carry on amidst many things. All of us. We are parents. And on many days, we're good parents. But on other days, we do not think we're so good at that parenting job. And this can worry us and wear us down. We're also children. And we appreciate the ties that we have or have had to our parents. But on many days, we face worries and we face challenges. And we have responsibilities and frustrations and heartaches as the roles with our parents change and become full of challenge. This can be so taxing, so difficult. We're also people who seek to live and love and serve in the world, and we are teachers and we're students, we're doctors, we're lawyers, we're executives, we're administrators, we're employers, we're employees, striving to help others make the world a better place, but often... It's the burdens, and it's the schedules, and it's the exhaustion, and it's the demands, and it's the changes that come our way that can be so tiresome. And we're people with relationships also. Some of them are so healthy and so life-giving, and some of them are very broken. And we carry both joys and wounds from our past And we carry and maintain expectations and uncertainties about our futures. And all of this can make us feel disconnected, fragmented, frazzled. More than that, it is easy with all the complexities of life to relegate God to the margins. We ask God to show up at our baptism at our wedding, maybe. Somebody or something has to get things started and we give God that honor. 
We know God to be the wonderful force, the power that is previous to all things and at the beginning of great enterprises, you know, political terms of office, academic years, maybe business ventures, cornerstone ceremonies, prayers are offered. We ask God to show up. God's presence is invoked. And then in the endings, we certainly hope God will be present. At death, the funeral is an act of worship giving thanks for the life of that person at the conclusion of careers or academic commencements or anniversaries or at other endings, God is frequently acknowledged as being present and as real. But what about that long in-between? How about the large living between the starts and the finishes? God is the first and the last. But what happens in the middle? Well, Psalm 23 affirms God as shepherd, as the caring and present, as the loving and serving, as the guiding and providing one through all from beginning to end. Through all, even the shadows, even the darkest valley. God does not create and then just turn us loose to do the best we can in the world with all that comes our way. God does not just leave us to fend for ourselves, to work and to worry until we die and then are judged before the judgment seat according to our conduct. That's not how it is. God is the shepherd who guides us in all of our wanderings through the light and the darkness, the bright and the shadows, and God sustains us in all of it, even the darkest places, and provides for us throughout the whole journey. This psalm is about how deeply and forever and wonderfully we are connected to God through all of life. Karl Barth was a theologian of the last century, and he was one of my favorite classes when I was in graduate school at Yale. I learned so much from his writings and his theology. This is what Bart says. We need not expect turns and events which have nothing to do with God and God's presence and God's care. Everything in our lives relates to God's abiding care Everything in our lives relates to God's attention and God's love. The Lord is never absent or passive or impotent, but always present, active, responsive, and omnipotent. God is never dead, but always living, never sleeping, always awake, never uninterested, always concerned. With God, the bad thing is never the last thing. With God, the shadows and the darkness and death are never the last thing. God is with us. God's rod, God's staff, the shepherd comforts us. And how very particular all of this plays out in this lovely psalm. Nothing is abstract. Nothing is in general. Everything is vivid and specific. Green pastures, still waters, paths of righteousness. That means straight roads, valley, rod, staff, table, oil, cup, house. We know about all these things. In fact, everything that we need is basically in this psalm. Everything that matters is included in the intimate, caring, dependable, 
ways we are connected to God, the shepherd. God cares, God provides, God guides. It's God's grace and refuge for everything about our lives. Psalm 23. Reading this psalm on Mother's Day reminds me of a story that my father loved to tell. My father loved stories. My father loved people. And way back at the beginning of his career in ministry, in the mid-1950s, he was riding a train, the Southern Crescent, from Richmond to South Carolina, where as a about-to-graduate person from Union Seminary was going to interview for his first position in a parish in Charleston, South Carolina. He was sitting on the train, and near him was an African-American man who was reading his Bible. My father loved to talk to people, and here was someone he could not resist, an older gentleman on the train reading his Bible. And as it turned out, he was an AME preacher on his way to Sumter, South Carolina, where he was the interim pastor of a large church, and he was working on his Mother's Day sermon. My father asked him, so what are you going to preach about on Mother's Day? And the older man looked at my father and said, I'm going to preach about the three things my mother taught me, how to lie, how to beg, and how to steal. Totally intrigued, my father asked the venerable preacher, how are you going to make a sermon out of that? And with a twinkle in his eye, the man said to my father, my mother taught me how to lie at Jesus' feet, how to beg for mercy, and how to steal away to the Lord. The man was going to preach about being connected to God. He was going to preach about how the Lord is the shepherd, even amidst and through the shadows of life. He was going to preach about God as part of not just the beginning and the ending, but all through life, especially the long middle, when we know can be full of ups and downs and we forget about God. He was going to preach about how being connected to God is what really matters. In fact, it may be the only thing that matters. The final sentence of Psalm 23 may be the one that speaks most powerfully and clearly to us today. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, for we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Connected. We are made by God. We are sustained by God. We are led and directed by God through Jesus Christ. Our hope is in God through the power of God's Holy Spirit. How is your connection? May we not only affirm it today, may we live it out. Live it out. Working for justice, spreading kindness, bringing healing and light to the world in every moment, every situation that we can. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray.
We believe, dear shepherding God, help our unbelief and keep shaping us, calling us afresh to faithful life and work following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.